Hey there, it's Chris with cool news here at Text Pros and Rock and Roll. In early spring, a new podcast network called Fireside was launched for the Apple platform iOS. Fireside essentially allows a podcasting host to record live in front of an audience. So as you can imagine, that's pretty exciting for radio veterans like producer Shar and myself. Very few people have been invited to be part of Fireside, but luckily, we were a couple of them. For the past few weeks, Shar and I have been playing around in the Fireside app. We've met some really interesting people, including fellow music lovers, working musicians, and cultural experts too. You know, an audiophile stream. If you're familiar with our B-sides, then you know they are short yet interesting bits of conversations that simply didn't fit in with the long-form interview. Now, normally we release these B-sides after the original interview or track comes out. In this case, our discussion with Rolling Stone founding editor Ben Fong Torres, whose biographical documentary made its debut at the Tribeca Film Festival this year. Unfortunately, the day of our interview, we had some technical difficulties with our connection with the film's director, Suzanne Kai. Suzanne was then kind enough to redo her portion of our interview about the early days of Rolling Stone magazine. And that is what we're going to present for you today. Here, have a listen. This is Text, Prose, and Rock and Roll on Fireside. My name is Chris Kosach. I created this podcast, Text, Prose, and Rock and Roll, to highlight music in the printed form, a music club dedicated to music biographies, autobiographies, and stories from the road. Hi, everyone. So we have a wonderful guest on the show today. Everybody, please welcome our very, very special guest, Suzanne. She's coming up to the stage now. There she is. Oh, my gosh. Hi. Nice Hi. Hi. Everyone, thank you. <laughs> Yay, welcome to, to our live broadcast of this. You are such an amazing sport. Just for everybody listening, here's how this went. We did this interview this morning with Ben Fong Torres and Suzanne. They were great. Unfortunately, poor Suzanne, it's happened to the best of us. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Flew in last night from New York, uh, to New York for Tribeca, and uh, his very, very slow uh, internet. That was the issue. You could hear me now. That's wonderful. It's really great. So welcome to Fireside. Yeah, it's actually, a, it's it's a super fun app. We're all having a ball on it. And uh, I and just like a South by Southwest kind of a thing, I can pull people up to the microphone if they have questions towards the end. Um, I'm not going to hit you with any tough ones. This is pretty much all of my questions that I had for you earlier. So your quick intro, Suzanne uh, Joe Kai is a filmmaker. She's a, 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 a trained as a television reporter. Uh, this is this your first documentary? It's actually my. Uh, in terms of not being done at my television station KRON TV, mm-hmm. uh, it is my I would say second one. Uh, but in terms of that one, uh, the first one was was about twenty eight minutes, about half an hour. But this mm-hmm. one is a full fe- feature length. This is my so, feature length. Okay, fantastic. Uh, and you've, you've been doing this an, an awful long time. So uh, tell the folks a little bit about Like a Rolling Stone, your new film. 
Uh, well, it started off as a fun rock and roll film with Ben's life at the center. And I started to do research on it because being a journalist, that's what we do. And uh, I started to come back with a completely different story uh, besides the rock and roll. It still is very, very much a rock and roll film. But uh, the rock and roll parts of it are supporting Ben's life story. So I think it's, it's going to be... Um, I hope it's the audiences will really like it because I think Ben's life story just by itself is an amazing story. Uh, and, and Ben has these amazing archival interviews, the real deal where these are the early years of rock and roll when rock and roll is fresh, when there are no so-called, they call them what corporate handlers that mm -hmm. kind of um, monitor reporters <laughs> interviews and um, it was really, really beautiful. And so we we uh, uh, paired uh, areas of Ben's life story with some of his absolutely incredible interviews with the artists themselves. Just really amazing. Yeah, he got into it when there was no there there. And he got to make it up as he went along, which is exactly. it's so cool. Uh, it me. It means a lot for music culture, but it also means a lot for the Asian American culture. Can you speak to that? Very much so. Where do we even begin? Uh, in, in the short version, we Asian Americans uh, are just underrepresented. We're underrepresented in many, many areas. And uh, when I started to learn more, I've known Ben for many, many years, but uh, when I started to le learn what he really, really did at um, Rolling Stone, uh, I started to wonder, why isn't this story out there? It should be part of American history. Uh, and it, he's well known within the inner circles and, and, and certain rock enthusiasts from back in the day. Uh, but then I realized uh, here may be one of the very first Asian American people uh, people that can be at the center feature length film. And so I thought, let's just make this a whole uh, mission of ours <laughs> to get the story out and as wide as possible to wider audiences, because it, I think it, uh, we need more role models. Um, and we're, we have many actually, they all are around us, but they're not actually out in feature films or even in books. So um, uh, that's that's our big effort in in um, and then we and then I realized that we have to tell our stories. Uh, some of us are a little bit too modest, and uh, so I'm encouraging everyone to, you know, get tell your own story or we'll tell your story, uh, and and so that's that's my mission actually. Oh my gosh, I adore you. We you <laughs> just you just spoke my truth. That is the whole mission of the, of the uh, podcast that Charlene and I created that text, prose, and rock and roll embodies. And that is the fact that these stories matter. This is a very, very unique time in our nation's history, in human evolution, and that these stories are being, uh, they're being lost every day. Yes. And uh, we need to record them and preserve all of these stories for ourselves, for our children to reminisce, uh, something to learn from as well, and never forget these stories. And and bet you're right, Ben's story is incredibly important in that respect. Um, absolutely. So, all right. Um, how did your training as a reporter help you, and how did it hinder you in making this film? Um, let me say how I 
it helped me. <laughs> it helped me because um, I got into the normal uh, journalism fact checking, and I've been on the board of an Asian American like journalism organization that's national, and that's what we actually do to help train our next, uh, our current and next generation of journalists. And that is to fact check and check, 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 and go directly to sources, not, not, not kind of sources, but the real deal. And I remember when I was a television reporter at the NBC station, um, if I didn't get to the source, whoever that source might be, it's the CEO or whatever source, um, there's no story actually. So I did exactly that, that all my training came into uh, play on this. And then I realized I'm sitting next to somebody in a, I think it was a who concert. And this person next to me was like having a total like emotional moment. And I said, well, what's going on up there? You know, what do you see? And he said, Oh my gosh, you know, the person on guitar over on the left, it's the cousin of so-and-so. And I thought, Oh my goodness. <laughs> he has fans that are such enthusiasts. You know, they, they know everything about everything. So that's another reason why I wanted to make sure I get this as accurate as possible. And I, yeah. good. I feel good about it, you know, cause I, you know, I did like, I kind of, I did way over, you know, uh, the research. It took years actually, but I <laughs> lost count, but it's a 20 actual physical shoots that we're recording the person uh, telling their story. Uh, and I also wanted to know, of course, about them, but also what, how did they work with Ben? And every single story is a little bit different, but they all said the same thing. And I said, wow, this story needs to be in American history. And that's why I did it. Oh, excellent, excellent. Did you find, though, that as a reporter, and I was in a newsroom for a few years, uh, certainly not at your level, but I was in a newsroom for a few years myself. And, you know, we're taught to be, uh, to use brevity and be as short as possible and get all the information, the who, when, why, dot, 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 um, in 90 seconds. Did you find that that gene was kicking in when you're like, wrap it up, wrap it up, but then you have to have a feature link film. So was it harder for you, do you think, to, um, to keep going with it? To, I think to initially, possibly, because one of my very first uh, jobs was uh, when I was in college, actually, I was actually an audio tape editor for KCBS uh, San Francisco, the radio station. So our goal was to get the perfect soundbite down to, you know, 15 seconds or something like that. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but, uh, and, and then even at KRON TV, the NBC station where I was a staff reporter, uh, and I was working at other stations as well. The uh, you you are capped at I don't know what it is today, but you know probably one minute. So my training is very short form. But then when I got deeper into Ben's story, I realized I need to know as much as I can uh, uh, about everything, every angle of the story, so I can get it right. So I just let the cameras roll until we were happy. Yeah, well, and speaking of letting the cameras roll when people are happy, you also let them roll when he was sad. Yes. What was going through your mind? Were you like, uh, were you cringing a little bit? Like, oh God, this is imposing, or or were you thinking like, oh, this is this is money, this is gold? What were you thinking? I actually felt I was imposing, um, and then uh, what's not in the film where he he's really. Um, very, very sad about what he's saying about his yeah. death. Um, 
and then uh, probably another five or 10 seconds later, um, he says, could you turn the cameras off? And I said, yes. And I did. And then I was, we have had lots of, you know, well, not lots, but some really amazing and still are with us, uh, uh, filmmaking, uh, mentors, you know, they're at the Oscar winning level and they said, Suzanne, don't do that. You just keep it rolling. You could be polite, but keep it rolling. And, uh, so the next time he did that again, by accident, unexpected, I just kind of quietly kept it rolling, you know, <laughs> so, because you really want to capture the, the truth of the person's emotion and not how, uh, not try to camouflage it out of being overly polite. Right. Absolutely. I, I've gone back since speaking to you before and watched a couple of your, your pieces and you're not, you're not that salacious, icky uh, TMZ reporter. So that's why I'm, that's where my question is coming from. I just thought, you know, you're cut from my cloth where it's like, you don't want to impose, but kind of you have to in the documentary world to some extent to get some emotion. Um, what has been the reaction for those who have seen it, and I imagine not many people have seen it, because even the people I know in the media, like like Liam, was a little shocked that I got to see this before he did. Um, but what is your reaction so far? It's been really great, surprisingly in a shock. It's totally a shock for me right now, because we literally just finished the film uh, maybe a week ago. Um, oh, and really? Yeah, it, it's, it's not been out there. Uh, we've had press people waiting for screeners and screeners just got finished. Was it Thursday, Friday of last? <laughs> what day today? I mean, just Today's barely, Thursday, barely by the skin of our teeth. So I haven't had um, time to uh, uh, get into, you know, the feedback, but the feedback is, is it's coming in from uh, Rolling Stone magazine. It's coming in from uh, even Vogue magazine. And it's, you know, it's, it's, um, I, I've been in a foxhole for all these years, as you know, quiet, staying out of, you know, just, just being, doing this quietly, uh, not trying to raise any attention. And that was actually a good advice, you know, by, um, by our mentors as well as uh, just, just to, you know, you, you don't need to drum, beat your drum, you know, let's just get right. finished. So you are seeing something for the first time that's never been shown probably anywhere in the world yet. <laughs> wow. Well, oh God, I, I'm getting the chills just thinking of that. Yeah, it's it. well, it truly is a very important film and, and I'm honored to be among the first people to see it. But of course we want to share it with the world because that is where it needs to be. Can you tell folks how they can see it? We're not sure where we're going to go yet, but we are getting... Um, we're getting feedback from, you know, film, film festivals and uh, other places and it's including studios who, you know, are uh, shopping, you know, for films that they, they are interested in. So we will probably uh, know hopefully soon about that. <laughs> By the way, Suzanne, you almost made me cry. Almost. Oh. Um, I did. You did a great job. Great job. Uh, I got very steamy, but it truly, it's a beautiful American story. And it's one that you just don't see. It's, it's got everything for everybody. It's a little bit cool. It's a little bit sad. It's a little bit, uh, I could relate to it with the, the portion where, where you, you get the pictures of, and, and Ben tells a story of going to the old country and his family pictures are on the wall of people he've never met or, or, or holding on to pictures of him and Barry and his mom and dad 
I had the same experience going to Europe once and meeting my cousins for the very first time. And this drawer was filled with pictures of me and my deceased mother. And uh, it was just, it's touching. So you really, you, you, you um, unleashed something in me. <laughs> oh, wonderful. <laughs> yeah. Great job. Okay. So, um, all right. Uh, Char, do you have any questions? Do we have any follow-up questions for Suzanne? No, I just wanted to, it's, it's just kind of like a proud moment to, to see, you and Ben, you know, like uh, being a San Francisco broadcaster, you know, born and raised in the Bay Area. And then, you know, m my whole career has been based out here in San Francisco. And to kind of see what you guys are doing and also being, you know, being Filipino American, being, you know, being an Asian American, seeing what you guys are doing and what you put out there was just, it was just, it was kind of a very proud moment to see it, you know, when it's world premiere at, Tribeca, you know, I've known Ben from, you know, all the different broadcasting circles, you know, how small the industry is. Oh, it's yeah. Just, it, it's just fun. It was just fun to watch this film and, 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 and see, you know, see San Francisco in place and see, I mean, you know, I, I don't think a lot of people even knew that, you know, how Rolling Stone started in San Francisco and, and that kind of history of it is really cool. So congratulations. This is, it was, it was, it was really fun to watch. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, and being a San Francisco native, and my family goes back, I don't know how many decades or over 150, maybe longer years. Uh, in Chinatown, I made sure that I selected certain areas that only the locals would know, you know, like that little bakery, oh, um, yeah. the oldest bakery in San Francisco, Chinatown. And I've been there. I've been there, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So only a local would know that somebody had to be a local to have, you know, filmed that, I think. Um, yeah, and my, my family, I think they founded, uh, they were uh, partners with the Far East restaurant, which uh, has had trouble. I think it may have closed during COVID, but that mm -hmm. restaurant's been around for over 100 years. Wow. So my roots go wow. way <laughs> so Yeah. Yeah. I mean, gosh, they would have lived through the San Francisco earthquake of 1906. Yes. Um, yes. You mentioned that they were involved in the, in the tr building the trains and, and the mines, I imagine. And yes. uh, I, I, I don't even want to like bring up that, that horrible expression that people have used that's related to that. I'm not going to, but you know, the one I'm talking about. Um, but it's, it's really, it's, it's part of the American fabric and it, it's a pioneer story that needs to be told. I'm curious about this since we got off the line earlier. Do you know where your, your ancestors worked in California in the mines? Do you know what county it was? Um, you know who I have historians in my family, my cousins <laughs> and Sandra, uh, there actually was an animation done by another filmmaker of my earliest ancestor who came to America. And that actually is an installation that just was placed in Sacramento's California Historical Society uh, Museum. So in terms of the details, I am not actually sure, but they homesteaded in San Francisco. If you okay. can believe that, they homesteaded right in the city of San Francisco. Uh, but in terms of the mines, uh, as a child, a little child, I was just playing with little things that happened to be gold nuggets. And it turns out those are the remnants of my ancestors who were working the mines as well. So, wow. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I know a little bit about Chinese. Well, we can talk offline, but I know a little bit about Chinese uh, uh, pioneer history in the United States because we moved from the East Bay up to our summer home up in the Sierras. Oh. And you would go through the Central Valley, like in the foothills, and there would be these gorgeous, gorgeous rolling hills and then these these stone fences as far as the eye could see, like in miles and miles and miles. That was all Chinese slave labor. And then there's a town up there. There's not much of anything now. I think there's one building left. But there's a town up there called Chinese Camp. And then in... Columbia, California, there is a storefront that is filled with some very old, I think like a Chinese pharmacy maybe. Um, but I definitely recall like some, some like Chinese herbal, um, uh, like decorations behind glass in a museum up there. So definitely, uh, more, and in Sonora, California too, there's some like some Chinese remnants of uh, Chinese Americans that lived up there 150 years ago. So yeah. California is very rich with Chinese, uh, culture. We just don't, it never leaves Chinatown, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. True, true. So, um, <laughs> Have you been to uh, where Tribeca is being held yet, and and how is it looking t- this year? Uh, not yet, actually. I've just been uh, just landed last night, and then today has been another you know very uh, busy day, just just um, uh, preparing for the uh, the screening on Sunday. So I would love to go out and find out what's going on. We're getting a lot of emails with this and that, but but I haven't been out the door yet. <laughs> My my guest is Suzanne Jo Kai. She is a journalist and now a documentary filmmaker whose film, Like a Rolling Stone, chronicles Ben Fong Torres's rise to, uh, well, at least industry fame through editing the Rolling Stone magazine from its inception and all of the amazing things that he's done. Suzanne, I cannot thank you enough. <laughs> I love this. Thank you very, very much, both of you, all of you, everyone. <laughs> Oh, thank you. And it's now you fun. you are now a, a member of the beta version of Fireside. So if you ever want to get on here and chit-chat, if you would like to plug the film again, if you just want to talk about Tribeca or something that chaps your hide, you just reach out to me and we'll get on here and we'll chit-chat, okay? I would love that. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Okay, you have a great day. Shar, anything from you? No, this is great. I'm I'm excited for this film and for Tribeca. I mean, like I've got my virtual pass handy, so I'm I'm gonna be screening a bunch of movies for the next few days. Yay. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Suzanne, break a leg. We wish you all the best. Thank you for checking in from Tribeca, and um, I guess I'm gonna wrap it up. Thanks, everybody. Like a Rolling Stone is currently making the rounds at film festivals across the United States. Be on the lookout to see if it comes to your town. You can also follow us on Instagram, where we'll be sure to update you on the film's wider release. And you'll find a link to our IG in the notes for this episode. And that's going to do it for this B-Side. Thanks to my guest, Suzanne Kai, for joining me today via the Fireside app. To get the full unedited version of this conversation in all its live glory, be sure to visit Visit our Fireside page at www.firesidechat.com slash Chris Kosach. Text Pros and Rock and Roll was created, written, and produced by yours truly in association with GoTo Productions, Charlene Goto Producer. For all of us here at Text Pros and Rock and Roll, I'm Chris Kosach. Rock on. <laughs>